I love coaching and I love talking about coaching just as much. Coffeehouse Coaching was created as a place to connect with other executive coaches to learn about their coaching journey, practice, and philosophy, and overall just have a good discussion. Today I meet with Adrian Cordes, and when we get together, we discuss body language, presence, chemistry calls, matching the intensity of your client, mirroring the client, and Adrian brought up a great point as she does facilitation and coaching. Facilitation energy flows from you, coaching energy flows to you. Hope you enjoyed our conversation, and if you'd like to get involved in future podcasts, reach out to either Adrian or myself through LinkedIn, and we can set that up. Thanks for joining us. Adrian, good to see you. The topic I thought that we could talk about today is being conscious of body language as we're coaching and how we deal with that. I'll start if that's okay. Yeah, let's go. I am very, very in my head sometimes about how I should be, the head nods. I had two coaches when I went through the program and one had a very animated demeanor. The other had a very stoic demeanor. And what I noticed, the animated demeanor, I liked a bit more. What I found is when I was stoic or I tried to be stoic with some clients, I didn't like it. But I am really struggling. Struggling is a strong word. I'm very conscious of my body language and how I'm showing up to them. I am leaning back in my chair more than I used to. I'm leaning in more than I used to. And I'm just trying to find the right rhythm. I don't know what your perspective is on body language. I think this is really interesting. Listening to you, it sounds to me like you're trying to find sort of like your typical posture during a coaching session or your presence or something like that. What I think is more important than just like, what's the right way to show up in a coaching session is to make sure that you are matching the the intensity and energy of the person you're with. I am naturally a super high energy extroverted person. One thing I do have to watch out for because it can be a distraction or make people feel like I'm trying to hurry them up is I'm a head nodder. Also, I have to pay attention to that. Otherwise, I will even make my body look like whatever the other person's body looks like. If they, if I'm physically in a room with somebody, if they, whatever their posture looks like, I try to match it. What's to the argument? And I get that the argument that maybe you should take the opposite perspective. If somebody's very high talking, maybe they're looking for somebody to calm their ass down and slow down. Or is that just going to, in your opinion, frustrate the other person? Like, hey, I can't listen at that slow pace, Gary, speed it up. Well, I think if I'm in the presence of somebody with a lot of energy, it just gives me permission to be energetic, which is natural for me. Where where it's where I would maybe step a little bit into I have to be more aware, a space where I have to be more aware is when it's and I do this because coaching is naturally a space where you need to quiet your mind, be present. But if I'm with somebody that takes longer to process, who, you know, is a little bit quieter, I really have to calm that energy down to match there. That is the way that I approach each coaching session. I try not to be me as much as I try to be with them. So what I'm hearing a perspective is 
look at the client that I'm dealing with, figure out where they're at on the spectrum and match the energy. But the head nodding, the ahas, I just, I, I struggle with the right balance of that. Or like lately I've been leaning back in my chair and I've changed my setup so that I have more light on my face because I'm looking straight out a window. Not that you need to know that. I'm looking north, by the way. So, I And did... I'm all backlit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a hotel room. Yeah. Well, now, but you have a good setup normally. But I just really, and it's to serve the client. And that's what's in my head. And maybe a perspective, as we know as coaches, is what makes me feel the most comfortable? What make Because when I had a stoic coach, I would say something that I thought was funny or, and I would get nothing. Like, oh, this isn't, this isn't going See what I mean, though? That's, that's a mismatch, right? Because I'm funny, Adrian, in case you don't know. (laughs) You're hilarious, Gary. (laughs) You're so funny. It had to take everything this person could do not to laugh at all my silly jokes. But that's, it's, it's, it sounds so easy, but, and that's why I like doing this on the podcast. I think part of the reason I'm doing this as we're starting off the year is what helps me learn more. And I'm in supervision. And they're asking me, hey, what do you want on supervision? One of the things I wrote was, I like talking things out and I can read and read and read. And that's fine. And I want to do more of that this year. But I wrote in there, I said, I want to get a podcast where I talk out how other people handle things. And that's going to help me learn and be a better coach. So a little insight into why you and I are on this podcast together is to pick your brain. And as you know, as I know, for me to think better, I need to process and I need to talk things out. That's why I love coaching so darn much is because we just talk things out in in what we do. So that's part of my my betterment as a coach perspective is to get great people like you on podcasts and talk to them about, hey, what do you do? What do they do? Okay. I can relate to that. I just got off a supervision call where we contracted for the year and What I said I wanted was basically the same thing. I want to bring cases. I want to talk about them. I want to hear what other people have to bring. I want us to talk through them. And just yesterday, I told a friend of mine about podcasting and why it's so great is because you don't have to write anything. You just get to talk (laughs) because I don't like writing that much. So, So I'm with you, Gary, 100%. This is the best way to do everything. And, and I think I wrote it, but I just want to ar- articulate it. I want this podcast to be people listen in and feel like they they have a perspective on this and they want to chime in. So listeners, listener out there, we're going to be providing information to you on ways to do that in the show notes, because we want to make this interactive to the to the point where other people can jump in or we can get more dialogue for more people. So just getting back to our topic with body language. So let me just, how did you realize that because you've been doing this a lot longer than I have coaching and how did you how do you settle into your comfort zone when it comes to body language is it consistent matching for instance when you see a client you you look and say okay I'm meeting with so and so and my demeanor has to match them and their demeanor is this and then your next call is something different so how do you prepare for it well how i prepare for a session and then my energy matching is it's little bit different. So how I prepare for a session just before the session starts is I have to get centered and prepared for bringing my full presence to that meeting, to that session. As much as I can, I do not like to come from one thing immediately into a coaching session. 
So what's ideal when you start preparing for a session? How soon before the session starts? Five minutes, five minutes. It doesn't take that long. Enough time for me to refresh on what have we talked about, where are we, and get myself, get my, get ready to be present. That takes some directing of your awareness, right? So that's what I do first. And then the coaching session begins. And then I'm just going to be like, be with, match what the person is bringing me. Do you find that changes from session to session? Yeah. I mean, we have different moods and like, we're going to come into the people come into different sessions with different issues to discuss. And that has them feeling a certain kind of way. I'm just going to match wherever, whatever they're bringing me in terms of energy. Moods. You know how many moods I have or personalities? It's <laughs> it's a lot. I got to wake up and figure out who the heck I am that day. But that's a that's an interesting point. Do you have anything at the beginning to assess where they're at or get on? And personally, I think when I get on with somebody, I've been asking the question that I think is a it's a bit of a home run for me. It's like, what are you aware of about yourself today? What do you notice about yourself? And it's not this, hey, how are you? It's a very in-depth and it stops people in their tracks when I ask that question. And maybe that can be helpful in where they're at in that day. Because on a normal day, they could be very happy and charismatic on the day I'm talking to them. They could be completely distracted and not fully into the session. Is there anything that you do to kind of gauge where this individual's at? I, I think it's just intuitive, truly. And presence. I think this is just part of, as a coach, the whole part of the coaching session that's about presence, how I use mine as part of the coaching work that we do. And so I'm curious, how, how do you see this fitting in with your presence in a coaching session? The action of my, my client? For, for you, how you use body language or what, because I'm hearing a lot of your management of body language. So how does that connect to your presence in a coaching session? It distracts from it because I think about it. I think about, am I nodding my head? Am I saying yes? Am I giving them positive affirmations? Am I showing that I understand? I'm conscious of when I turn to write a little note that my focus is off. I'm very conscious of looking at the clock. Because I don't want, I had a comment, I dealt with my coach. He's like, he said, any, any feedback for me? I said, yeah, I noticed when you're looking at the time, he said, where's the clock? I said, it's just your right. He's like, yeah. And I noticed it. And I, and I get it because we're meant to manage the session, but boy, I notice so much about how that person's interpreting what I'm doing and how it may or may not be impacting them. For them, they could give a flip. They'd be like, yeah, you darn well better look at the clock because I told you I've got a hard stop at quarter to the hour. I don't know. I don't know if it's a ask question or if it's using our powers of observation. I guess in a chemistry call, I don't know. I'm trying to think this out. This is like a 10 minute coaching session, Adrian. I'm trying, I don't know what the best approach would be to figure out how my body language should be. I. It could be a great thing to bring to supervision, honestly, is this exact thing. And so for people who aren't engaged in supervision, this is a fantastic thing to bring to supervision. We will absolutely have a supervision series because there are so many good questions. And you're, you are a supervision proponent, I would imagine. 
a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I've talked to people that are, I couldn't imagine coaching without it. I've talked to the people that said, oh, it's a waste of time. I'd say then you haven't had the right group or the right supervisor, because I think it's, I, it's a matter of ethics. Like as a coach, we should be engaged in the supervision. Can we talk about presence and maybe the presence is going to be a full topic, I think. And I thought we should lead with it, but it always comes down to that. I think if there's one thing in my coaching, when I first started, and it's been two years since I started the program, so I'm, I'm very new to this, but that's the single most important thing I wanted to work on when I read through is like, I need to be present. And why, why is that? Because I noticed in my career, I was never present. I was rushing like crazy from one thing to another. Even when I was in a meeting, I was thinking about the other meeting or I couldn't wait for this meeting to be over. Or well, one silly example, yoga. I would look forward to doing a yoga class. And as soon as I started, and this was you know, when I was going into, into a class somewhere. And the one thing I could do in China was go and do yoga. So I would be stressed out to get there in time because there was only so many mats. China, you have to sign up ahead of time. And yeah, there's a lot of people that live in China. So when... When you go there, you better show up early. Otherwise, you ain't getting the mat, or at least not the mat that you want. But as soon as the class started, I would think to myself, oh, I can't wait till this is over. And now, as I've been coaching, I get into, I do yoga now, and I am so present with what I'm doing. I want to get deeper in the pose. I want to be a thousand percent present. So that that is a singular one thing in my coaching that I am trying to continue to embed. And you had a lot of positive affirmations when I was doing that. So where does presence sit for you? What I'm hearing in your story is, and we train our brains to pay attention or not pay attention to be distracted. And it sounds like in your prior life, you trained your brain to be ready for constant distraction, for chaos and multitasking and fast pace. So when you would get to yoga, your brain's like, uh-uh, we're not slowing down. I need to be distracted. What's the next distraction? Feed me my distraction. So your capacity for attention and mindfulness was really small. So now though, as a coach, it's not a surprise to me that you have a much greater capacity to stay calm, get into your yoga, direct your attention where you want it, because your brain is trained. How do you handle presence? Well, I don't know. I probably don't do it right all the time either, but I'm, I try to be aware of it. I think if you haven't been in a coaching session with me, you might be surprised by my presence in coaching because you've probably encountered me as a high energy, very talkative person, particularly if you've seen me speak or facilitate in a coaching session, I'm bringing that way down because the energy is not flowing in my direction. The energy is about who I'm with and keeping that, that attention there. Right. And so I think my presence shifts because of that. Do you know what struck me in that was when you have an intro call with a coach or when I'm having a chemistry call with somebody, my energy is sky high because I love talking about it. I love doing it. And I'm sure the client or potential client looks at me as like, geez, you just talk nonstop. Oh. How am I going to get a word in edgewise? And it's just this real 
juxtaposition of the chemistry call. And I'm a firm believer in that chemistry call. Be yourself, be whoever you are, double down, triple down on who you are. Don't try to act like the coach that they think you should be. And I just find it interesting because I've been looking for a coach. And the coach said, as I do, it's, I know I'm talking a lot and I know I'm throwing things out there. I don't do that in coaching sessions. So you almost have to have a different demeanor in your chemistry versus when you're coaching, because yeah, knowing you, and I'm sure if I watch you facilitate, I'm like, wow, that's high energy. I love that. And then get into a coaching session and the energy level is, you mentioned something interesting. It's the energy flows into you, not from you. I guess facilitating is the energy is flowing from you into the crowd and you're feeding off the crowd, I would imagine. Whereas coaching is you're sitting there and absorbing the energy of the other person. Hence, your body language is more mirroring than it is who who am I in this coaching session? Fair? Well, yeah. And when I'm facilitating or speaking, I want their attention on me. In a coaching session, I do not want attention on me. I bet you feel the same way. Well, it's th- this is helping because I know one of the topics will always be chemistry calls and how to handle it. But this is one of the things as you start with chemistry calls, explaining to somebody what is coaching. And I get I have two two perspectives. One is they don't have to understand what coaching is. It's whatever it is for them. I'm not going to tell them like, no, this is coaching. That's not coaching. This is coaching versus us trying to understand what they think it is and matching them. And if, you know, it's completely out of bounds or now that feels like more you want somebody to advise you on something, that's kind of not what that is. If you want to talk about that, we can certainly do it. So I guess in a chemistry call, you would have to explain how it works or the demeanor or because what you just said was very helpful in that in a coaching session, the energy comes from you over to me right now. I've got a lot of energy because we're talking and this is my normal, normal MO, but in a coaching session, all that comes for you because there is that responsibility of the client to come to the sessions with something. And if I set up the session where I have all this energy, they may say, well, Gary, you had all the talking points last time. Why don't you have them all now? Huh? I'm learning something here, Adrian. Oh, and also we could probably devote a whole episode to chemistry calls too, because I'm feeling compelled to start talking about how maybe I do a chemistry call different than you do. Something to absolutely put on the list. That's for sure. Okay. Why don't we, why don't we wind this one down? So based on your coaching, how has it impacted other areas of your life? And I'll start. I've noticed due to coaching that when you call customer service or you want to change a ticket on the airlines, I used to interrupt the person and tell them, no, 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 that's not what I want. Now I'll tell them my problem. And if they're going off, if they're going sideways and they want to keep talking, I just let them keep talking. I don't interrupt anybody anymore. I let them talk it out. And I almost leave a pause between when they end and when I start and say, no, apologies. What I meant to say was I'm really interested in this. Oh, okay. Because people want to jump in real quick and give you their their perspective or try to help you out in a good way. So I've noticed that that's one thing that I'm doing just based on coaching. I think anybody who has become a coach could say that their listening skills are now like super advanced, right? In any in any corner of your life. I would say that has really come in handy for me in all my relationships. And I think people, when you really deeply listen, people, and then you they you share something back to somebody because you were actually listening to what they were saying. People are surprised. 
They're like, whoa, how'd you do that voodoo on what what I just said? I actually, I was at a, a party for my kids, parents of the kids in, or parents of the kids in my kids grade. And I just asked one of the dads who happens to be like this radio personality. I was like, so tell me like, what, what do you, what do you want the end of your career to look like? Just wanted, I was curious. And he lists off three things. And I was, wow, I heard you say this, this, and this. And he was like, holy crap. I can't believe that. What? You were, that's amazing. Like people are just not used to people asking good questions and truly listening to you. So it just blows people away when you can hold up an observation or, so this is what I noticed that you might've been saying. And they're, they're just surprised because it's so unusual in this constantly distracted world we live in, right? You go to parties? How lucky are you? <laughs> okay, but you know what? I'm not perfect at this because last night I was at an event. This is why I'm in a hotel room right now. But last night I was at an event where somebody, I was very energetically talking to somebody about a topic. And this is somebody that I've been excited to meet for a long time. And, and I was like going off, like talking about this topic. And she was like, wow, are you coaching me right now? And I was like, no, I am not coaching you right now because I am doing all the talking. And I actually emailed her this morning and said, I am really sorry. I did all the talking last night. I missed a big opportunity to hear what you think about all this, but let's reconnect another time so I can hear that. But but yeah, it is it is funny then when I do actually share an opinion and someone's, oh, are you coaching right now? And you want to be like, no, 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 no. That's not what this is. So there, when you talk to people, are you normally, do you have a lot of body language going on? Yes. Can you, did you notice that? Well, I mean, you knocked off your glasses with your hand. I just thought that was something that you always <laughs> did or they need an adjustment. I do that sometimes. My hands are going like crazy and I knock my glass like, oh, who did that? <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I have to manage in a coaching. I got to bring it down. Bring it down, Gary. All right. That'll wrap us for today. Adrian, can't thank you enough for your time. It was so much fun. Thanks. Yeah, it was. 